<laughs> Good joke, right? Yeah, that was amazing. That was the best thing I ever told. <laughs> it's it, all false. It was it's not real. It's, it's not real. It's not real. Never happened. In all honesty, we're genuinely laughing this time because we could hear Simpsons in the other room, and it was really funny. Yes, old Simpsons, and it's great. And you know what else is great? That bit of music. Where did that come from? I found it on the street. <laughs> You beat up a hobo. I, li- I literally, I took it from someone. A one-man and band put it in our podcast. A one-man band was playing it. Or... A one-man band was playing it. And you, 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 you didn't just like record it and no. steal it. You, you killed him. I killed him. And like sort of some, some kind of Highlander scenario. You absorbed his. Power. The quickening happened. Yeah. And I, and there was lightning, and all the lights blew out. Yeah. And I absorbed his powers. And then I went home and, and recorded that. When you say you went home, do you mean you went home to an alien planet? Yes, I went uh, zinge. Because that's definitely that's what happens. Definitely the backstory to Highlander is that all aliens from a distant planet. Yeah. The, and the, Michael Ironside is the ruler. And the TV show is propaganda. The TV show is propaganda, and also the animated TV show is set on the on the alien planet. <laughs> so yeah, Big Damn Cast, episode 11. There's an animated Highlander show. <laughs> There's an animated kid show about a franchise where the only way to defeat your enemies is to behead them. I'm just... That's... That's... That happened. That happened. <laughs> we will have to do a Highlander episode one day. We're gonna have to because I've only ever seen the first one. So we but should like we should like marathon them and then see what the hell becomes of it. We want to do a Highlander episode because there can be only one. Oh! 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 On fire today! And that's it for Big Downcast this week, guys. It ain't getting any better than that. That's we'll see actually you beat. next time. Actually beat. Um. <laughs> Oh my days. Welcome to the Big Damn Q. Uh, we're here to talk to you about all the bullshit, geeky gossip and nerdy news that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but we're all going to die one day, so why not? Yes. Uh, speaking of Got which... Got to work on a better tagline. Well, yeah, it's, it really fit on t-shirts, <laughs> no, but it gets the job done. We're all going to die. Enjoy it. Um, but our dreams will live on, as proven by the future. The future? Uh, the future of, of mankind... As told through the eyes of Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek, which turns 50 as of this day that we're recording. The best of all possible futures. Yes. It's, Star Trek. You know, it, it boldly goes where everyone most is, men apparently will go at some point. It boldly goes where everyone is nice. Yes. And no <laughs> one needs money and food is free. Yes, where where nice planets can be easily determined almost immediately by everybody wearing togas. Yeah. Or dressing in beige or white. Togas and, and crystal spires. And all having... Blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, and so, lots of, lots yeah. of uh, innovative alien designs that definitely aren't people with rubber on their foreheads. Basically, Star Trek's Definitely 50, not. And unlike another franchise from a couple of years ago that blew its load to celebrate, yeah. uh, and rightly so, this one's been quite quiet. It's, because, it's, it's a hashtag on the day. Yes, because Star the Trek Beyond last month can't get their shit together, basically. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, Star Trek Beyond last month, and yeah. obviously this is the year where they are currently... Star Trek Discovery starts Filming in January, Star Trek yeah. Discovery. So, you know, it, as a 50th anniversary goes, it may be a quiet, sort of quite casual affair for Star Trek, but... And it sounds like we're being a little mean about Star Trek. We're we really like it. it. But we do actually really like Star let's Trek. Think, you know, let's, 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 um, wax, let's wax lyrical about Star Trek for a um, What's your first Star Trek... Well, I'll tell you what, no. What, what, what Star Trek... How does Star Trek make you feel? What does it make you think of? Um, it makes you feel good inside. Uh, the, the great thing about Star Trek is that it presents a future that's so optimistic and inclusive. Mm. On the surface, at least, there are there are stories that delve into how that might not actually be the case. <laughs> but it does present such a utopian view of mankind's future. 
um, that it's kind of refreshing in a way. Yeah. Um, and there are wars and there are bad things, but everyone's just like, no, we're going to work it out through diplomacy. Yeah. Um, I came to the series originally through The Next Generation. That's BBC Two. That's what. That's the um, beginning of it for me. Star Trek was a big part of my weekday afternoon. Specifically, I think, I think Tuesdays. Tuesday or Thursday. Um, it was one of the teas. It was one of the teas. But like, then, like, I would come home and I'd watch Fresh Prince and Next Generation. That was it. Yeah. And I, then later on, uh, Farscape. I want to. I want to bring this back or in space some, precinct. I want to bring this precinct? space pre. Oh my god! I, <laughs> I want to bring this back in some capacity somehow. But like. That's my. When I think Star Trek, I think weekdays as a kid watching BBC Two in the evenings. Because yeah, kids' TV yeah. would finish at about five, five fifteen, and then you'd lead into Fresh Prince and, and Star well, Trek. Well, if you switch, if you'd have your tea, yeah, and then you'd go over to BBC Two and be greeted by The Simpsons. Oh, of course. That was, yeah. Uh, well, I started Simpsons. watching it before oh. they had The Simpsons rights. Ah, fair dues. You so, swine. Yeah. But but that was well, that was the pro- that was the heyday. That was yeah. The, like, that well, was when the, I was, when when I started watching TNG when I was when I was when I was still. Because I'm a little older than you, it was before. It was when Sky still had the exclusive UK rights for Simpsons, mm, mm-hmm. so I hadn't really seen any. And then BBC bought it and then started putting it on that same block. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, the Simpsons is really good." Yeah, because <laughs> that would be at six. Yeah, and then I think for a while it was Simpsons, then the Fresh Prince. Yeah, and they're both like twenty minutes. Yeah, and then by six forty-five there would be a science fiction drama or a fantasy drama or something. So it, it would always be something like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. But the which, which is how I got into it. Yeah, the half-hour version. Yeah. Just how I got into it. Um, Lois and Clark. Or as, oh, or as we Lois had it, and Clark new, was so good. Or as we had it, The New a, Adventures of Superman. That was apparently, on Saturday Morning TV fixed. as well. That was on Saturday Morning Kids TV. It was. Was it, was, it, was it Live and Kicking? Yeah, it, it, was, it, was part of the, it was part of Live and Kicking along with X-Men and Spider-Man. Damn, that's so show. odd, isn't it? Yeah. But that goes to show how like open, friend, family friendly it was as a yeah. show. And even some of the Marvel action hour was online. Damn, oh, yeah. And then uh, also TNG. So after the Next Generation was a big part of, of weekday nights as well. And, and we were so far behind the US, yeah, as well with that stuff. I think um, it was for medical reasons. I think it was because like seven years prior, people were going, "Oh God, this Doctor Who's a bit rough." Isn't it? <laughs> and and then, meanwhile, at the same time in the states, yeah, because TNG started at like in eighty eight, eighty seven. Yeah, so it, it, was, it, was, it, it was overlapped the with the tail end of Sylvester. It was one of the things that probably helped kill it off. I mean, yeah, um, because it is. It looks so much better. Or at least helped the justification of it being yeah. killed off. And even that that first season's a bit ropey. Mm. But it's still. I mean, Riker doesn't even have a beard. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's, it's still consistently better than a lot of like late era Doctor Who, um, which was its like its main competitor at the time in terms of that space. But like you said, it's because it's because Doctor Who and we'll, don't worry, we'll get back oh, to Doctor we're Who. We're going to get to that again. We haven't forgotten about you. Who. Sounds like we're being cruel. We also love that too. But we've got some things to say. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, but but, but even then, Doctor Who is ultimately. Only as good as its writers, I feel. Yeah, and um, whereas whereas TNG, no matter who's writing it, you're already going to kind of going to win, because, kind of going to, going to win because both of them are about pacifists yeah. as your as your protagonists. Obviously, combat is a thing that happens in TNG. Oh yeah, yeah. we'll fight. No, and... It's not that the, the pacifists. No, no, but in in, well, that, in that sense, where it's like yeah. your hero's not going to be getting in a fist fight. They're not shoot first, ask questions later kind of people. Yeah. Um, whereas with TNG. It was part of war and politics, yeah, and negotiations and all this stuff. So, like, that was always going to feel like a much more sophisticated thing, mm. regardless of the writer. Um, 
and 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 the thing is that because BBC Two then eventually started showing Voyager and Deep Space Nine, which I'm eh? like I have fond memories of watching on BBC Two, but, but I've never sought out the box sets, for example. Well, it's all on Netflix now. Oh well, all of it's on Netflix now. But I have fond um, memories of Cisco and Janeway and and and, yeah. and everybody, so it's like. You know, I I will revisit it. And I even, and I'm going to make a horrible confession here, I even kind of like Enterprise. It's not very good. And I'm not just talking... It's not very good. I'm not good. just talking like the later seasons where they start, like, going, we know we're cancelled, so fuck it. Like, Let's we're just going to do whatever. whatever. We're going to yeah. do time travel episodes. And I do really like the fact the last episode isn't even told, told in real time for the main characters. It's told as a research thing. It's like, it's like footage played back by Riker... During TNG, Going the last back episode the has bloody Jonathan Frakes with his beard and everything, and it's like, he loves oh it my god, they've set this episode during the older show. Oh, Frakesy face! This is amazing. It's a prequel series, and the last episode is set years after yeah. the show with someone watching back the event. That's kind of ballsy. I liked that. So, Star Trek. I'm all for Star Trek. Love the films. I kind of agree with the whole, the even-numbered ones always seem to be yeah. the better ones. Oh, well, uh, up until, like, first con- I would argue that First Contact was the last good one until... Nemesis is a great drunk watch, because you just Nemesis you just spend the first cool. ten minutes going, Is that Tom Hardy? That is absolutely Before you throw Hardy. back more booze. Yeah. And um, I think Star Trek... Star Trek 11. Uh, yeah, um, uh, is JJ a damn good Trek movie. Is damn good. Into Darkness I enjoyed when I watched it, but the more I think yes. about it, the, fact, the <laughs> yes. stupider it gets. It's, I yeah. feel like if I watched it now... I'd it's a, it's a backdoor remake of a movie that is vastly superior to it. I hear Beyond is really good, but I've not had a chance to see it. Isn't it weird? I have not rushed out to watch that. I have film reviews as a series on my YouTube channel, yeah. and I've still not watched Star Trek Beyond. And I think it's because the I more I thought about really, Into Darkness... really, good. Yeah, me too. I want to see it. Damn it. Let's go watch it. Right watch. now. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, that was great. Yeah, that was pretty good. It's amazing how like it was available in the other room. I know. And was only 10 seconds long. <laughs> but what a damn good uh, 10 seconds. Happy birthday, Star Trek. We, um, we raise a glass to you and your filthy, brilliant ways and your terrible uh, Kennedy Space Center the- uh, theater and education residency. Oh, yeah. There's some bad Star Trek out there. Mm. <laughs> um, but for now... Enjoy it. The good, the bad. You can have it all, baby. Star Trek is the greater good. Star Trek is what? love. Star Trek is life. There's a wasp in the kitchen. I'm fearing for my life. Speaking of black and yellow. Oh my god! That wasn't planned in any way. I'm still terrified. <laughs> so, there are some set pictures from Spider-Man Homecoming. Is that a wasp? It looks like a wasp. Maybe it's a hornet. Don't let it touch you. Um, oh, hello. Can I say hello? Are you waspy wasp wasp? Uh, I'm a special guest on a podcast. I'm going to get the bug spray. Don't, don't get the bug spray, Christopher. <laughs> have to it's get the fine. Bug spray. He's fine. He's going to go away in a minute. I'm still bringing it to me for safety oh, reasons. Hello. Hello. He's on me. He's on me. <laughs> he's actually on me. So don't spray anything because he's fucking on me. <laughs> uh, don't move. Don't move. Okay. Just. Why is it sitting on you? I don't know. Bring something sweet out. Give him some fruit. Put some fruit out so we'll go to that instead. Go away, okay. wasp. I'll open up the uh, recycling bin. I've actually got a wall. Thank God for that. He's gone. No, no he's, he's not. not. No, he's not. 
Right, we're going to evacuate the podcasting area. Do you want to spray him? No, I want to go away. Do you want to spray him? Go for it. Uh, strange. Okay. We hate to do this. A evacuate. Live ex- a live execution ah, on our podcast. Ah. <laughs> go away, Mr. Woz. Go away. He's flown out. He's flown out. left uh, the room two minutes ago and now and we I genuinely left, left the room he <laughs> <laughs> sat on me for like a whole minute without that was creepy me. man do you know what I hate do you know what I hate considering how weirdly gentle he was acting in that moment I've got this horrible feeling that that is a deceased loved one of ours sending us a message I don't <laughs> that was a reincarnated loved one and we've just sprayed them I don't have any loved ones did you love Ronnie Corbett well, he's dead. Um, only from afar. And you forgot about him. Listen, we were talking about black and yellow things. <laughs> yes, we were. Um, Namely, we've had quite a... Shock! Uh, uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> God. We could edit that out. Perfect fucking segue! And that wasp had to come and spoil it! We could edit this out. But we're not gonna. No. Because... Value for money. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> exactly. We want you to get all the value you can out of this free oh. podcast. We'll start oh charging eventually. I'm not sure how. Um, <laughs> we'll send wasps to people's homes and we'll charge money to get them removed for them so they can listen to the podcast wasp free. So there's some set photos from Spider-Man Homecoming. Again? What? I've got to say, actually. What? Considering how under wraps they tend to keep most of these movies in, we tend to avoid pap shots. I think the, the, the most we ever had, really, for any film, if I remember correctly, was... Uh, the first Captain America, the shots of him I, running down the street in Manchester. I think they're smart enough to know that this kind of stuff really builds us. But that's the thing. In the t- in case of this, <laughs> Thor and Doctor Strange, they've been quite openly going, yeah, yeah, yeah. sod it. There you go, everybody. Have a look at this. Have a look at this. And it's working because the shocker is in Spider-Man Homecoming. Herman Schultz. Has anyone started an MCU set reports Twitter account yet? Oh, God. <laughs> MCU SR. <laughs> Maybe we should get on that. No, um, let's, let's, no. <laughs> let's not. Let's no. <laughs> so this is heavily rumoured to be Bokeem Woodbine. Bless you. It's a fabulous name. It's a great name. Um, Hello, I'm... And it shows... Bokeem Shockerface. We're not sure who's on... We're not sure who's in the costume because it's completely covered. Uh, but it does show a <laughs> person wearing yellow body stocking. Yes, bitch. Uh, with... So it's like yeah, a tactical like a kind of... gear and webbing over it, and a, and a, yeah. and a, and a uh, it's sort of like a faded, it's like a faded yeah. brown red. Um, it looks like it might be armor surplus as well. Stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, and he's got like metal gauntlets on. Yes, he does. So it looks like we're getting Shocker in Spider-Man: Homecoming, um, which is great because I think I think we've been <laughs> thinking for a long time that Shocker is a great choice for like a. A one scene or two scene like side villain in a Spider-Man movie. It's, it's the, he's a bit rubbish. <laughs> the Captain America films have been doing this, and I'm so glad yeah, they have. Yeah. And we've been saying it for years. Like we've been bantering about it for donkeys. That one thing these movies can do if they want their multiple villain cake and the ability to eat said cake, then do it. But don't really make them all cake. integral to the plot. No, 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 no. Like just just to have. We've always said that you should have always opened a Spider-Man movie with like him just foiling. Uh, some of the rhinos doing because it'd make a really cool opening action sequence and then if you want to bring the rhino in later if you want to be sort of like he's broken out to cause a distraction then there it is which they kind of tried to make it but then they too. did it but in they balled it up oh god yeah because they put him too heavily in the marketing 
Yep. And then ended the film. Bless you, Paul Giamatti, but what the hell? Oh, I love Paul Giamatti, but he, he makes poor decisions sometimes. <laughs> what? Um, but yeah, and also mech suit, because that's why we like the rhino. That's like ultimate rhino, isn't it? But he, at least the that ultimate. still looks like a person, and like charges through things with its horn. Yeah, and... but in Amazing Spider-Man, in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 universe, in fact, everything I think is mech suits. I think they revealed that the rhino in Ultimate Spider-Man was a mech in the video game first. Yeah. And then in the comics they went, yeah, it's a mech. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mech suit. Um, uh, but, but yeah. everything's mech suits in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Ugh, everything always mech suits. I'm surprised Spidey wasn't a mech suit. Well. Oh god, they're coming for us. You uh, can hear the siren, but my god, it's blazing. They're after the wasp! No! <laughs> I am That's the famed it. robber, the wasp, serial killer, and murderer. And I have landed in your house, and now I'll be coming to get you. Yes, I will. Um, oh! Ah! <laughs> spray, I am dead. Um, <laughs> I must now go for a 20 minute goodbye farewell scene with all of my loved ones. Uh, all loved wasps. <laughs> Terrible that. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible um, murder. So, uh, we, yeah, we're getting, it looks like we're getting Shocker. Which is amazing, because Kappa's, Kappa's done this. Kappa's yeah. had this thing, because uh, you've had Batrock the Leaper in the opening of Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Batrock's the Kickboxing there. terrorist Batrock. Great. Yeah. Um, Crossbones in Civil War. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, like, it's not really but again, it's great, and it's a shame it doesn't stick around, but that seems really good, and that action set piece is amazing, and yeah. you get the sense that they've been tangoing a few times since the last movie. I would like the, I would like they just keep Bringing back crossbones, but they Robocop him up more each time. Oh my god, he comes back, but he's just a skull. Like, he's literally a skull in a suit, and somehow still alive. Kill me! I'm in constant pain! Yeah, I like that. (laughs) But but that's worked really well. I mean, even in Thought, Dark World, the the, the troll thing that he smacks in the face, that's one of those things from... um, The first Thor, the first... uh, First Thor story, who, who later pops up as... One of them pops up as a character in Planet Hulk and will yeah. later on. I don't know what his name is, but, but yeah. But, but even then, they're going like... The stone men hey, from Jupiter. Here you go, nerds. Enjoy. Uh, and it's like, not, yes! In a way that doesn't detract or get bogged down and doesn't no. do a Spider-Man 3 and becomes part mm. of this muddled stuff. It's almost like... Right. I can imagine the shock as part of like a thing. Like, it's just... He's going to be part of a thing in it and there'll be like a set piece with him. It's Something. almost as if... And this is speculation because yeah. we haven't seen the movie yet. But... It wouldn't surprise me. It's almost as if that someone making this movie who has creative control has experience building a shared universe and with world building <laughs> and they've realised that having things happen in your film that establish a larger world outside of the story of the events of the film actually helps with the world building of it and establishing that this is set in a universe where things like this happen more often than they do in the movie it's almost as if someone who knows what they're doing is steering this franchise. Yeah. Is this just speculation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. just speculation based on what we've seen of Homecoming so far. But it's, it's just a, the, the just difference a we can already see now uh, between Sony-led Spidey and Kevin Feige Disney-led Spidey through Sony. Yeah, it's such a it's a big canyon. It is a vast chasm. It's a between... yawning chasm. <clears throat> it's it's a gaping maw. <laughs> Betwixt them. Talking oh, about gaping walls. Oh, God. Oh, John Favreau's in Spider-Man Homecoming as well. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, he did that movie, Chef. He's oh, right, a... okay. So, and Moors did gape. He's got a mouth. Yeah, Moors did gape. So, consume yeah. beautiful Mexican he food. food in his mouth. Hey, yeah. yeah. you saying John Favreau's a fat man? No. No. A jolly man. Yeah. He's Baloo in human form. He's Baloo. <laughs> 
Baloo in Spider-Man Homecoming yeah, is uh, playing Happy Hogan. I was going to say, Baloo is the happiest bear we know. He is the happiest bear we know, which is why they got Bill Murray to play him in the live-action version. Hey, it works. Yeah, I It know. really works. It's weird. He's no Phil Harris, but that's important. But who is Phil Harris? Well, was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not anymore, he is. The bear's so nice, they did him twice. Hey! Little John, anyone? So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. I love that Robin Hood movie, but it is so much bigger. It's really just so painfully recycled. Yeah. Uh, but not painfully recycled is Happy Hogan's inclusion in Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, I mean, it might be. We don't know yet. Well, we've got Tony Stark in this film. They've confirmed Tony Stark is in it. Sorry, Tony Stank. Tony Stank. Mr. Stank. They've not confirmed if Iron Man's in it. No. But I, I hope I'm fine isn't. with that. I hope he isn't. At the same time, I don't mind if he is. If, like, Iron Man rocked up at the end of the fight or whatever, like at the big fight at the end, and helps well, literally too late after Peter had dealt with it all. Yeah. Then that could be quite I a funny way. Want... That could be quite a funny way to finally address all the people who moan and complain. Yeah. With the whole like, why aren't the Avengers here? Why aren't they helping? It's the like, oh, is it? Want... He just got it too late. <laughs> Peter dealt with it. The thing you don't <laughs> want in the, in Spider Man's first solo movie is him having help taking down his main villain from someone else. No. To establish him as a, as a credible hero. Agreed. Um, and also, I have a feeling that this Spider-Man could take apart Iron Man if he wanted to. Quite possible. Because I mean, he's, 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 they do a really good job in Civil War, which you've yeah. just purchased and watched it recently. In 3D for the first Ooh, time. Wow. It's gorgeous. Any aerial sequence is beautiful. I need to give it a watch. But what, um, friend but, of the podcast Guy pointed out yeah. that just the conversational scene between Tony and Peter, Holland holds his own. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very good. So... That confidence kind of translates to the character, and I know you're going to say that during the area, the airport sequence, they, they do a really good job. Of, so yeah. he adapts so well, and they do a really good job of establishing exactly how powerful he is. Mm. That one with Winter Soldier, like yeah. Bucky goes in to punch him with his metal arm, Spidey stops it with next to no effort. Yeah, it's like, like not even trying. You have a metal arm? That's so cool. <laughs> It's so it's good. Like, this kid's really but, like, strong. This 15 year old kid is, is holding his own. with top ends with, 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 immediately with a super powered brainwashed um, ageless assassin yeah. and a military veteran with a flying rig and missiles and machine guns oh. and he completely subdues them both and a giant man oh yeah that too <laughs> Sp- oh when Spidey swears I love that moment when, 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 when Scott grows and Peter just goes oh shit <laughs> seen that <laughs> would say that oh that movie's so good <laughs> it's so good and did you notice there was no uproar from parents there wasn't no, like a petition no. like get rid of this scene Spidey swears my kid's gonna no, stop no. He okay. just, this man just grew giant <laughs> this man is 50 feet tall what do oh. you want me to say I'm not even ki- I'm not even kidding I'm not even kidding even if we don't sit down together to watch the full movie Watch that sequence with me in 3D. Oh, yeah, all right. It's beautiful. It's so good. Beautiful. Um, Just, oh, I love it. And and that's the thing. Bringing Hogan in shows that expanding world. Like you said, like with Shocker, showing that this stuff happens all the time. If Tony Stark's in it, why wouldn't Hogan be chauffeuring him? Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't he be there with him? It makes total sense. And also, it's so nice because the guy who, let's face it, gave birth to yeah. the MCU as we yeah. know it, is not only still around in a consulting role, but they're like, John, let's get you back on camera again. Uh, well, I don't... Come on, we've not seen you since Iron Man 3. Let's get you in another film. I think it's one of those, there's always lots of speculation about why... He's bridging the gap, why produ- man. Why directors stop working with, with Marvel, and some of it's... like 
I don't think we'll ever see Edgar Wright with Marvel again. No. But I know that John Favreau has such a good relationship. He, he definitely has a good relationship with Disney. Yeah. Because he keeps making Disney movies. Yeah, I'll go to um, But I don't think there was any bad blood between him and the Marvel Studios lot after Iron Man 2, so... The thing is, Favreau doesn't have yeah. sort of like a... He's not a Burton. He's not He's not a... Um, oh, what's the auteur? No, no, no. A filmmaker. He's a, he's a very competent director. He's a very competent director, and he's a director who gets... I, th- I feel his strength is he gets the best out of his. Yeah, past. He's, very, he's very well. He's an actor, so he also yeah, yeah he's, he's good. He at understands. That. He understands the level. I mean, to the and point where he made be... a load of CGI animals this year. Yeah, seem like some of the most likable, enjoyable, and frightening characters on on the big screen. And this he year. was making character comedies with Vince Vaughn <clears throat> way before he was making like big budget movies. Yeah. So he know he understands character. So unlike your Whedons and your Wrights. He's They're very more concept than a, directors, yeah. yeah, which is you know power to them. We're glad, we're totally happy with that. Yeah. And I think we all would love to see what an Edgar Wright Ant Man movie would be. I, I think we know. all still would be curious. From but what I've heard of the script, I'm, I'm actually less interested in that. Now, well, I'm completely happy with the Peyton Reed one, just yeah, because. Because yeah. here's the thing: people always go, "Well, there's MCU films, all the same." No, they all have a connecting tissue. They all have. A, they all have, they a... all have a certain tone, which, despite their genre, despite the peril, despite the family-friendly aspects, yeah. there is always this consistent feel within them. They have a template. Because it feels like a TV serial. They have a template for tone and in part, and sometimes, like, beats that they tend to hit. Yeah. They have a template which is generic enough to fit into a number of genres, which is why I'm interested to see Doctor Strange. Yeah. But how that template fits into this, like, mystical horror sort. Because Scott Derrick is a horror director. He is. To, to slot <clears throat> that into that genre. Yeah. Um... That I'm interested to see. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to Strange a lot, yeah. and, and and thanks to Shocker and um, Happy Hogan, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man: Homecoming even yeah. more, which I didn't think was possible. But the more I find out, like you said, the hype train, the more I'm like, yeah. it's got a massive cast though. It's huge. The cast. cast is huge. Huge cast. We know we've got the Vulture in it. We all got the Tinkerer in it. That that makes me so freaking happy because that's something Sony should have leapt on with their little. Oh, we want to build the wall. We want to build the tech. Is, is Get the character who supplies. B-grade supervillains with their technology. Is it going to be weird first appearance alien tinkerer, though? No. I think we're going to have crusty old let's not forget dudes. That happened the first time the tinkerer appears. He's actually an alien, an alien. disguise. And then they went, no, nah, Because it was 1963. <clears throat> because of But that's, that is a stroke of genius, having yeah. the tinkerer in it. It really is. Yeah. Um, and, and just, oh, I'm excited. I mean, Ned Leeds... They've made Ned one of his high school buddies. This is good. Yes. I'm, I'm enjoying this. We might have Mary Jane Watson in her proper capacity of getting to know her as a friend through high school. Yeah. And that also, would be great. Uh, a more modern, more diverse cast. Yes. Bitch, please. Speaking of bitch, please. Bitch. Uh, the Holy two mouths who just can never quite keep them shut. No, Mark Hamill and they? Kevin Conroy. They, they actually speak for a living, to be fair. They, to be fair. To be fair. Um, once again, have possibly teased, maybe joked, but they have stoked the flames of what could be DC animated I... movies' next wave of output. We know the ones that are coming up. We've got just to see Dark movie, which looks it. Mm. We have got Teen Titans: The Judas Contract, which may once and for all kind of like the Killing Joke. Maybe people realise it ain't all that, guys. Yeah. You just yeah. remember this story. However, could be brilliant. Like, see, seeing that could be great, but now it makes more sense they're doing it. If Deathstroke's going to be in the DCEU, of course they're going to adapt to that. Oh, yeah, they're going to the push villain. Deathstroke, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that's why. But still, Teen Titans, animated movie, okay, whatever. Um, and also, we've got Batman and Harley Quinn, 
which is a Bruce Tim written project coming out. That's the next animated one in that run. Which I'm like, okay, I'm mm. up for that. Let's see what you've got. Mm. As for ahead of that, nothing's been announced. But at a Comic-Con this past uh, week, uh, was, I think it was a fan expo of Canada, one of them, um, Kevin Conroe and Mark Campbell were doing a panel about DC Animation, which is great because Mark Campbell could just been the headliner for that convention and just done a panel about Star Wars and gone home. But instead he was like, no, get me and Kevin in front of people. Let's talk about Batman and Joker. And it's like, God, we love you. Um, and someone said, could you tell us anything about the upcoming project? And Kevin Conroy, who has been known on several occasions to accidentally spill the he beans. He doesn't care, does he? He's I, not I, fussed. I don't, you know what? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's him going, oh, fuck it. I don't know if it's him doing a, a sh- uh, an Ian Black. Uh, Ian Black? What am I about? Ian McShane? Shane Black? Ian, what am I doing? Ian I don't McBlack. know if he's doing an Ian McBlack and Ian McShane and going, it's tits and dragons, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it's that. I think it's just a case of he doesn't really go like, oh yeah, I suppose we're supposed to keep the secret. He's more like, oh, wouldn't they See, I wouldn't don't... they be excited to know? Like with the Arkham, because I was thinking, during Arkham Origins, he was asked like, this, that, and the other. And he was talking about the Arkham games. He said, of course, we didn't, the new one we're doing is... Thingy. And everyone went, I'm gone. The new one, Arkham Origins, is the next one. Mm. You're not in that. And immediately they had to ramp down like hype and everything. And then eventually, of course, it became apparent like two, three years later that he was talking about Arkham Knight. They'd begun work on Arkham Knight at that point, uh, and he'd basically given the game away three years Oops. early without really giving the game away. But he, it could have been Assault on Arkham. He could have sold it as Assault on Arkham. We could have sold it as the Arkham Arkham mobile game. games. But yeah. Like, well, that wasn't a surprise. That was just him saying that he existed, which we already knew. Well, there was, no, there was no announcement at that point, but we were all like, well, Rocksteady have gone quiet. I wonder what they're working wow. on. But um, yeah, he turned to Mark and went, what do you think about... I think, I think he said, what do you think about... Hush. Hush. And everyone in the crowd went, oh, shit. Ironically enough. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, and then, possibly because he'd given the game away... So mentioning another thing would just stir the pot, or possibly because he was like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's give him a clue as to the stuff we're in talks about." Mark turned to Kevin and went, "What do you think about a death in the family?" And see, everyone went, "What?" See, I don't think they're teasing what's coming up. I think they're just like, "Well, that's we like to do these ones." They yeah, because that happened with Killing Joe. Yeah. Mark kept going. I would come back to the role I'd if lo- I got I to do. do Although specifically, he said, "I'd come back to the role if I got yeah. to do the Killing Joke on tape." That's what he kept saying. If yeah. I could do it as an audio book, and if you get me and Kevin, and we'll do it as an audio book, we love that. But Warner Brothers are full of bad ideas, so they expanded it into a full-length film. I know so many people keep saying to me, "Buy it on DVD because it's quite cheap on DVD. It's like six ninety nine. Mm. Buy it on DVD." Just skip to the fairground. I'm going to get hold of it and give it a watch. The whole skip, thing they keep saying skip to the fairground and you'll be happy. Because after that, it's just an adaptation of The Killing Joke. I'm like, okay. But then again, that's not... No, no but is still, that, is that something adi- you want? Well, yes. Because even though The Killing Joke... Is it though? Because it's a comic... We've got a, we've For got several a... reasons, has not aged well. We've just got a question on there is still that, some... that links into this. So okay. We'll come back to it later. Okay. But there is still some excellent dialogue and everything in there. And, and, and I would like to hear those performers tackle it. Yeah. Um, so I think what we'll do, I think we'll buy it, we'll watch from the fairground onwards. I'm going to watch the whole thing. Then we'll watch the whole thing. Oh, okay. Let's yeah, watch right, an adaptation right, of the comic, right. and then let's watch their movie adaptation. Brian Azzarello, you what, punk? Just, oh, oh God. yeah, Brian Azzarello is a cool dude. Who's joined the Meathead Club. Um, I think I think they're just, pl- I just think they're just playing with us at this I point. I don't see the need to do a death in the family, because 
DC Animation have adapted the conclusion of it They've done as the prologue to Under the Red Hood. Yeah, and it's done, done quite it. well. And and it, it, it makes sense because it's more a case of like, oh, we know Joker's involved in something and Rachel Ghoul mentions like, yes, it was my fault. I'm sorry, detective, and la la la. To do the full story, might make people go, wait, what? The Joker's an ambassador for the UN? For 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 a Middle Eastern country? Sorry, what? Like, yeah. it might be a little... They're going to have to change silly. silly. Unless, They're going to have to change Unless they approach it as a little more late Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age yeah. kind of... I mean, but, but even then, straight... the end's a gut punch, so it would feel kind of odd. They can just straight up adapt Hush. That's fine. You know what? I'm but fine with that. That's fine. But only, and I mean only, if they adapt it. Don't change it. Don't trim it. Don't tweak it. If anything, do a Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Do two animated movies. Hush Part 1. Actually, no, because I have serious problems with the Dark Knight Returns adaptations. Okay, no, but I mean in terms of length, because the thing is with Hush, it works because it is a greatest hits event. It's like, guess what? Here's a new story with a new villain, and to sweeten the pot, here's 12-ish of your greatest foes in every chapter. I think they could do it in a, in a Sorara feature. Because Hush is a great... No, because I think you'd rush some scenes. I think do it as two hour and a half maybe features. Because, I mean, the book the, 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 for ages the trade was sold as two volumes. And that's how a lot of people yeah. were introduced to it. And I think you could just adapt it like that. I'll reread it, I think. and give and, and, and Hush, it, Hush is one where, it. in a post-Ultimatum world, you will see Jeff Loeb's cracks giggity a little more. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. as an event, I always use that as my introduction. If people are like, I want to buy a Batman book. Well, yeah, Watch the buy. I'm always like, Hush. I'd say Mad Love. Another stories. Mad Love is one I recommend. I think it's better at giving you an introduction to the characters without going too heavy on some of the mythology. Fair enough. But 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 I, I tend to go with Mad Love. Uh, I tend to go with Hush just because I'm like, you'll get a little sample of the different villains. Yeah, you'll get yeah. a little sample of the history. And just in terms of artwork, Jim Lee. It's good, Jim Lee. Knocking it out of the park. Because Jim Lee's not always good. <clears throat> no, but he wasn't. I mean, this was 2003, Jim yeah, Lee. So he's just... Yeah. Height of his powers. So I would like to say animated, but I'd prefer to see it in two parts. Yeah. And it would be a shame, really, to have... I mean, Conroy would be excellent. And he has played Thomas Elliot as well. Yeah, yeah. So it would uh, it would be a shame not to take advantage... But then again, it's not Bruce Wayne, Thomas Elliot, so you just need to play Thomas Elliot in this, get an equally brilliant yeah, actor yeah. to face off against him. But it would be a shame with Hamill, because, of course, Hamill would only be in one scene. Mm. And he'd mostly be spending it spitting out blood and saying, stop, like laughing, and then going, stop, please, <laughs> stop. That's a great sequence, though. I think it's the one time we're like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna kill him. Like it's actually come to yeah. this. And then the one man who would happily kill him if he had the chance, Gordon steps in and he's like, "No, you will be as bad as him. You will win. Stop right now." I I love the set pieces in that. I think that's why I like to see animated. I love Harley's yeah. set piece. I love in the theater, like robbing all the rich people in the opera, bouncing around on bouncy shoes with like a gun and a mallet and a sack, just like. This is great. <laughs> this is so good. Think... The Killer Croc chase with the hostage kid at the beginning. Yeah. And the fact that they kind of did something that I don't think any comic had done to that point, which is, could just be seen more as fan service. Hey, but I teenage boys buy this book. But at the same time, no one had really highlighted it before. When you find out Catwoman is under the influence of Ivy. And she goes like, yeah, of course you can't resist me. No man or woman can. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh shit. It yeah. works both ways. Wow. And it sort of made you realize that comics up to that point had kind of played it safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And been very straight and everything. And it's like, don't have to be. Don't have to be. I mean, obviously, at the same time, people are going like, oh, my God, 
I drink Catwoman. That's the uh, but they don't like uh, they don't like make out. Uh, right. They don't like make out or anything. She's just you know sort of her slate. She's she's under her spell. But it's just this whole thing of like, oh yeah. Oh, I guess it works both ways because she Ivy isn't just like a straight person. She's a plant woman. She's a plant she woman. She uses sex as part of her like power set to get what she wants. As a weapon to either kill people or influence people or blah. And the Superman that'd be a Superman fight that's justified. A Batman v Superman scrap. That's how you could end part one. With their fight. I think we need to talk about Hush in a great detail. I love Hush. I love it. We'll have to, it we'll have to it do... works. And it just... Oh, it's so good. Because the fight is justified. And they describe how Batman loses. Like, let's, Batman would lose. Let's line up some... He breaks let's his line hand up, he punches... Let's oh! line up some good Batman stories and do, yeah. it, and do an episode on great Batman stories. Now, speaking of potentially um, good stories, I have purposely not read this story. Okay. Because I want you to explain it to me, sir. So, all right. We touched on the MU. Yeah, this is a, a few weeks ago. Um, um, mainly because of. It was mainly, last week, actually, wasn't it? Greg Land. We could take a dump on Greg Land because yeah. everyone hates Greg Land. Uh, um, Marvel's next winter spring event? I don't, it's not an event, it's a, it's a series. Okay. Um, but the way they're teasing it sort of makes yeah, it Yeah, like well, there's gonna... multiple there's multiple artists on it, it turns out. Okay. So Cullen Oh, Bunn, right. Oh, so not just Greg Land. So there's something that's coming in, in January 2017, and Cullen Bunn's writing it. And he's joined. Marvel Comics. And he's joined by artists Salvador La Rocca. Ooh, okay. Lionel Yu. Ooh, alright. Steve McNiven. Okay, I do like Steve McNiven. Steve McNiven was the original announcement, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Steve McNiven was the original announcement. So Steve is still working with them. Yeah. Good, good, good. Greg Land. Yeah. And Adam Cubitt. Okay. Mm. The Cubits are weird for me. Like, I respect the legacy and everything, but at the same time. Some odd looking art sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Then he's, again, he's, he's been more, a lot more. This is Adam Cuber. Adam Cuber, yeah. He worked on Ultimate X Men. Yes. Yeah, I liked that. And Ultimate Fantastic Four. Yes. I liked his work on that. It's, I think it's Andy, so it makes me go, what um, are you doing? There's a lot of Cubits about. Yeah. <laughs> so many Cubits. So, so little time. It turns out that MU. Yes. Is Monsters Unleashed. What? <laughs> But the only other Scooby Doo Marvel... Two Monsters Unleashed. Well, that as well. But the only other Marvel title that shares that name is a, <laughs> is a magazine, a black and white horror magazine Marvel published in the mid nineteen seventies. Wait, which wait, which um, which had stories about Dracula, Frankenstein's monsters, and also introduced Man Thing. So Are you tell me that Marvel might be relaunching. Horror comics. So this will be to ma- the main, to the big two. Well, those monster characters do pop up in books here and there. They they yeah. push Dracula I mean, Dra- quite Dracula's a bit. Marvel, fear itself. Yeah, well, Dracula's um, a Marvel character and everything yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Frankenstein's but... monster. There is a Frankenstein's monster in the Marvel universe. Yeah, because of course there He's is. part of Midnight's Midnight's Midnight uh, Suns. Uh, well, he popped up as a villain recently in. Oh, that's a shame. I thought he was a good Wolverine guy. and the X Men. Hmm. Uh, which I, I but he's also like been, but he's also been in things like, um, like he's, he's resided on Monster Island. Yeah, yeah, Monster Island's a thing there. So it's, um, it may also they may also involve Morbius. Man Thing would seem to be a, a, a good choice for it. Man Thing's popped up quite a bit. Morbius would make sense recently. simply because his solo series from a couple of years ago was pretty good. It established a new status quo for the character, yeah. and then it ended. Yeah, and it was like, where has he been since? And it'd be nice to find out. I hope they don't do that usual thing they do where he just appears in another book and it's like, oh yeah, we're not going to mention what happened. Some of that monster stuff pops up in Frankencastle. <laughs> he, get, he gets taken and resurrected oh, by the God. monsters. Monsters Unleashed. Monsters Unleashed. But is this fight... Is this going to be an anthology title? Well, that would make me excited. I like the idea that maybe it's... Well, it's American comic book, so it'll be like 22 pages. So it'd be, it'd be maybe... 
each artist would take um, like a three issue run. Yeah. And these are just the artists in the first lot, which baffles me because it's like, why would you make Greg Land the poster boy in your previous version of the announcement? Well, it, because that's going to have too, a negative reaction. Steve McNiven first. Yeah. But there's multiple artists. So maybe it's a mm. weekly series? But even then, it makes me go, wait, so Greg Land's basically going to do a slasher story and it's all going to be porn tracing of like scantily clad women running from a knife wielding mania. I hope oh Cullen my Bunn. god, maybe that'll actually work this I time. I hope Cullen Bunn's smart enough to not give him that script. Cullen Bunn's a good choice then if this is yeah. a horror comic. Because like, he did the, the Deadpool uh, Kills the Marvel Universe. Was that Cullen Bunn? That was Cullen Bunn and, 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 and the sequel Deadpool uh, Illustrated. Uh, no, the sequel was Deadpool Yeah, no, Illustrated was the immediate sequel. Yeah. Which is great. It's a horror comic as well. And then Deadpool kills uh, Deadpool. Mm. Which was great, and a great conclusion to that trilogy. Uh, so he, he can handle Marvel's sort of brand of horror. Let's have a quick look at what Colin Bunn's written. He's, he's, he's moving into the more mainstream. He's, lately, he's, def- he? he's definitely um, taken a real... In like the post through itself, Marvel Universe, and through Marvel now, he's just kind of ascended and ascended and ascended. Ascended. Um, I, really, I, really so like De- I really like what he did on the Deadpool trilogy. Because basically it's Deadpool... I can't remember. It's like Doctor Psycho or something. I can't remember his name. But like, there's an obscure villain working in a mental institution who's toying with people to try with psychosis to try and sort of unlock something, and he accidentally unlocks a third voice in Deadpool's head. Yeah, one which is yeah, buried, yeah, yeah. and basically it kills the other. Two, like you see the other two speech bubbles being killed. I've read the first couple of issues where Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, and then this oh. voice takes over, and basically he's like, "You are pointless. Like you, you don't really exist. You're a fiction. You know you're a fiction. Mm. Why do you stand for this? This is like, you want to die, then you need to kill everything. Like the only way we're going to get out of this hellhole is if everyone else goes to hell before us. Yeah. So the book is him. It's this alternate timeline killing." Everyone in the Marvel Universe, um, eventually realizing he's still alive. So, to escape it, he gets out of the book and goes into. He's about to go into the offices of the writers and the artists <laughs> to kill them while they're planning the story. It's a great idea. It's a great little weird little horror series, followed up by Deadpool Illustrated, where we find out that Deadpool is still alive because the writers wrote him killing them. So he's still a fiction. Yeah. Like, they planned it. Yeah. He's like, God damn it! So he goes back through literature to kill off all the, like, archetypes and, and templates that lead to characters in the modern era. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, Tarzan's gotta die because then we lose Kazar and we lose Wolverine, like his past and the wolves and everything. And, you know, we lose that kind of storytelling. Savage Land doesn't exist anymore, which yeah. affects the yeah. X-Men and... And it's just like, it's what a great idea. Like, what a really, really cool idea. Hmm. And then that series ends with the Deadpool of the 616 being recruited by multidimensional Deadpools going, dude, there's this, there's one of us and he's killing off all the Deadpools. Like, he's just, he's on a psychotic rampage. He's trying to remove all traces of us. You've got to help us. You're like Deadpool Prime. Everything focuses on you. And it's about 616 Deadpool and a bunch of interdimensional Deadpools. Try to kill the a evil Deadpool. Deadpool. Core, almost. Yeah, well, some of them from Deadpool Core yeah. return and get killed off. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is great. Um, well, Club One's got. A, he's done a pretty good ton of work for Marvel recently, and <laughs> they, he's he's the lead writer on, on the new ver- on the post Secret Wars of Canny X Men. Mm. So he's got so, he's got a franchise. He's been, he's been doing he's been writing Drax. Oh, um, of course, yeah. The That's Drax doing well. Series. Yeah. yeah. Um. He wrote, wrote wrote a bunch of uh, Captain America and um, Deadpool around 
to Time of Fear itself and coming out of that. Um, so this work. sounds like it'd probably be more of a passion, but this sounds like maybe he's pitched maybe, this maybe. and he's gone, guys. If you look at his career, I really want to do some monster books. <laughs> if you look at the stuff he's done of Ferroni Press, he's got The Damned and The Sixth Gun, which are kind of more um, Hellheim and Hellbreak, so definitely some sort of more horror tinge stuff there. Not so much with the sick gun, but... And then the three called Hell Heinen breaks. Hi-oh! Oh, that was terrible. Now we have to talk about questions. Yes. We'll keep your breast on MU, but first... There's, uh, there's, there's a topic. And before we go into that topic... Okay. We'll, we'll close with that topic. Okay, alright. Oh. Uh, but before we do... But before um, all of the topic... <laughs> let's take some questions from... The Twittersphere. Your beautiful bastards. Um, so, um, so we always push uh, for a bit of nonsense with you guys. If you ever want to get in touch or ask us a question about something, about uh, one of the news stories, or just like to us, you can tweet us. At Big Damn Cast. At Big... All one word. All Do one it. word. We've Do got it. it. We've got it. It's there. We're on Twitter as a tight. Uh, of course, you can tweet at the Matty Watt and at Official CDJ if you want, but at Big Damn Cast is there. Or use the hashtag and we'll find you that as well. Mm. Um, and also, BigDamnContact at gmail.com if you want to say more than 140 characters worth of things. Yeah. Or just send some tweets like, uh, like our friend did. Yes. Uh, what do we got? Our fr- uh, your friend of mine. Yes. Charlie DeMello. Charlie, Charlie, oh, where you go, Charlie? Charlie, it's always a pleasure to Congratulations, Charlie, you. by the way, for getting through uh, an understudy run of Breakfast at Tiffany's last yeah, week. Yeah, Charlie's in Breakfast at Tiffany's at London at the moment, and he does have a great role in it already, but he got to play the male lead in an understudy, understudy run recently. And apparently smashed it. Yeah. Well, we knew he's currently it. roasting really... alive in a suit on stage in a very hot week. Oh, you poor, poor man. So we're sending you our love, and we're going to have to do things to you. But, and one of those things we're going to have to do... Is answer your question. Hey! Um, <laughs> given the proliferation of adaptations of comics and other beloved licensed properties over the last 10 years or so into film, television, or elsewhere, are there any other properties you wouldn't, are there any properties <laughs> you would not like to see make the jump from one medium to another? Why? Ooh. Well, yes, but they've already done a couple of them. <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns adaptation, animated adaptation, is really flat and takes all the punch and energy out of the mm. comic. Which is weird because it's moving, but it feels less kinetic than the comic book. Yeah, I think I think um, the removal of the narrative and everything, and and the, the insistence on it being two parts, does that as well. It drags it out a little. And it's like, it's like if I'm it saying, was two hour long movies, that's, then that's two you... hours total, and that kind of works. Yeah, like you have an interval between yeah. them. Yeah, but as as two like near two hour films, it's like. Mm. But uh, like you were saying earlier, and no, this would be a good death. Or no, nope. no, this is the weapon of the enemy. We do not need it. You will not use it. Because Snyder doesn't want that, bro. It's like, um, it's... <laughs> it just takes all the power out of it. And yeah. that's why I'm worried about Hush. Them just doing the direct adaptation of it and doing it in two parts. The, I, I, I can, I I can see why it would work like as that. As long as they pushed it as just like, this is basically a two-hour or two-movie slugfest of Batman and his greatest villains, and there's a bit of a plot, go. Yeah. Like, I'd be up for that. But it's um, why they have they can't yeah. directly adapt, adapt Death in the Family. They have to modernise it. Yeah. Um, oh, they'll make it part of the current yeah. thingy. It's stupid. Uh, um, any any ones that you really don't want to be adapted? Uh, not not a book. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, the video game, because it looks like that's the inspiration, based on rumours, being drawn for the, the Batman, Batman solo movie. Solo movie yeah. Which, I mean, cool. The only reason, it looks like the only reason that would be happening is because of the Green Arrow 
film script that was doing the rounds for ages was Supermax. Supermax, yeah. Which was about Green Arrow locked in a prison, yeah, fighting some of the DC Universe's sort of biggest badasses. And... I don't know if Batfleck could settle for that. Well, well it depends, because it would mean slightly less work. It's just a case of adapting. Yeah. And he could focus on directing um, and acting. But at the same time, if they're going to draw inspiration from Arkham Asylum, either Serious House and Serious Earth or the video game, don't. Because don't. those things work so well as their own thing. There's a reason why, I think most listeners would agree with us, there's a reason why Arkham Asylum is still the greatest of those games. Yeah. And it's because of the feel it gives you. You could sit down and play that in one night. You could start at like 10pm yeah. and finish at 10am the next day. And it would probably be a slightly more terrifying experience because you have done the whole worst night of Batman's life story mm-hmm. during one night. And it, it's told in a certain way and it's the way it makes you feel. You're not going to recapture that moment in the cinema of when you first walk into the second area of the grounds for the first time. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, there's no one here. And suddenly you just hear... <laughs> and this maniac comes pelting out of the bushes at you. You're never going to recapture that in the film the yeah. same way. Like, that is one of the most horrifying think... feelings I've ever had in a game. So I was like, I'm Batman. I can handle anything. Ah! 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 I think video games generally have a lot of things that people really want to make movies out of. Yeah. That wouldn't work. Like, they're try- they've been trying to push an Uncharted movie for years. Doesn't, it doesn't make sense. not going to happen. Doesn't make happen. sense. They're, they're games. They, their narratives are important. Mm-hmm. But the way you interact with those narratives as Uncharted a player... Uncharted is a movie you participate yeah, in. Yeah. It's fundamental to the medium. Hmm. A lot of the good stuff about that story is fundamental to the medium. The Last of Us, which they've been talking about making a movie of, don't because <laughs> the stuff that is in that game which lets you engage with the story... And the way you engage with the story and the characters, either through control or through interaction, is that it's fundamental it's, to the yeah. medium of video games. It's 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 a good story, but it wouldn't be as engaging as a film. The same with Bioshock. Like you're trying to get a Bioshock movie made. Now you can't adapt. You could make it. You could make a movie in the Bioshock universe. You could make a movie in the Last of Us universe. But the thing that you go to Bioshock for is that story. But that story. In a similar way to Metal Gear Solid 2. Again, another example of, of a video game they've been trying to get a movie made out of for ages. is the Metal Gear Solid franchise. The whole story and the way you experience it and play it is a metaphor for player and player agency and the player expectations from a video game and how the developer plays with those expectations, particularly in MGS2 as a sequel, and the way that it flips your expectations of it in a sequel on your head about an hour into the game. Plus, how would a movie um, version read what's on your memory card? Yes, you can't Hello! do that. You can't do that. You can't do things um, like that. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I do kind of look forward to the Assassin's Creed movie. But I think that's because the game. I have no interest in the games. Yeah. Because I think there's too much of the same old, same old in those games. Right. At, least, at least sort of with, with free-sprawling, free-sprawling open worlds. It's like, interesting so like the Arkham City and the Spider-Man games and stuff is the way you traverse is unique whereas in Assassin's Creed it's all kind of the same I played yeah. one and I was like eh and, but whereas with the film I'm like okay I like the concept of the story and in an hour and 45 minutes I'm just going to see a story set in that world yeah, and it's yeah. done and it's over and if I like it I like it and if I don't no big but I think I think it's quite wise they they're apparently their story set within the game's continuity yeah, yeah. but is separate from the games it seems to me that you lived your life it will be interesting to see when the movie comes out, but what they need—the thing with adapting things from different mediums—is 
theoretically, you can adapt anything into anything. Yeah. But you have to be careful when you're working with a narrative that uses the fundamentals of that medium to communicate its narrative. So, in the way that Watchmen use layout as a narrative tool, all Zack Snyder did was just do frame for frame the comic, but it lost some of its, um, quite a lot of its narrative edge from not having that panel layout and the flow of that panel. Same way Dark Knight Returns did when they made that into an animated feature. It lost its kinetic energy because it wasn't, it wasn't with those page layouts. Um, and also they changed from the dialogue for no reason. Um, video games always had a problem being adapted into movies because of the way that particularly modern video game narratives interact yeah. with the gameplay mechanics. You can't adapt that to a passive experience like watching a film. So, I'm not, I'm not against Adaptations, or adaptations as well. but I think you have to be very careful about what you adapt. But anything's possible. Mm. <clears throat> but um, I mean, if all else fails, just set it in a futuristic dino dino yeah. city with a mutant fungus. Um, but yeah, there is that. What? Wait, <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Uh, oh no, Toads. A, um, Toads a beatnik. So yeah, they shouldn't adapt the Last of Us directly because <laughs> Bowser's King Koopa. Shut up! Who's a dinosaur? Shut up! Man. Shut up! <laughs> Super Mario movie didn't happen. Yes, it did. Because um, it gave us excellent anecdotes Shut up! behind the scenes. Ah! <laughs> I hate you so much! Now I've got something about Super Mario Brothers. Um, Just think about how much they drank to get through it. Yeah. They've already made too many mistakes yeah. for, them, for, the, for them to be like, for me to be like, oh, I don't want this adapted because they've already adapted most of the things that I don't want to be adapted. <laughs> um, but they shouldn't adapt. Yeah. The Last of Us is, is, the, is the first thing that comes to mind because it's such a video game. And the way you experience it is such a mm. video game. So much of the emotional punch I feel will be pulled out by making it a movie. So that's the short answer, and I've just given you my long answer. Enjoy. Ha <laughs> um, Sexy that. Let's go to emails. Emails. No, emails gonna... and e females. E females. No. E by God. For our final that's a jungle. For our final topic, before we go to our final topic, we're going to take some other questions. First. Okay. How many questions do you want to do for our final topic? We'll take three. We'll take three for we'll final topic. We'll take three right, for final okay, topic. Cool. So mm. before that, before we get to that, I'm going to split up some People of these are like, emails. what are they going on about? You'll see. I'm going to split up some of these emails because they're coming from different people and there's multiple questions. Of course, let's questions. face it, they were never soulmates in the first place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's multiple the questions. Was good some... and that was it. Shut up. Okay. There's multiple <laughs> questions in some of these emails, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to uh, have a look at these. Letters. Uh, letters. Letters. Nope. We're not, we're not sitting that shtick. This is from Ryan Joins. Joins? Joins! Hey, Joins. Hey, RJ. You should remember him from Nine or Ten Days, apparently. Yes, um, he has an excellent name. He's enjoying the podcast so far, and we're really funny, and we should have a lot to say about BBS, most of which he agrees with, because that film's a disaster. Why, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> um, he has lots of few questions for us, which... And we're going to split your questions up, so don't be offended. We are going to get to them all, though. Um, I'm going to take your questions to couples But before counseling. we do that, we also have to note his postscript. He doesn't have any offshore gold. <laughs> but... And I quote, I do have some offshore copper if you're interested. Well, I say offshore copper, I threw a penny in the sea once. <laughs> Same difference, really. Well, <laughs> we'll see how that's appreciated in value since you threw it. How long ago was the penny thrown? What kind of penny was it? What year? When was it minted? These things are very important and we must know. But it's beautiful that someone has actually sequelized the yes. spam segment. <laughs> Thank Those you, are my questions for you. Enjoy that. Um, now... One of your questions for us. We'll come to the other ones later. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys watch much anime or read much manga? If so, what are your favourites? Um, no is the answer to all of that. 
Uh, <laughs> what are your favourites? No. no. <laughs> I'll, 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 be, I'll be clear. I, there's something about the style and the pacing and stuff of, of anime. Yeah. That when I was a kid, I was pretty cool on, you know, the, the Western dubs of it and everything, like Pokemon, yeah, yeah. Digimon, things like that. I used to, card captors I used to freaking love, which was weird when I, later, when I later realised they were apparently marketing that to girls. I was like, oh, alright. Um, but, you it's know. Card captors are cool in the Yeah, card captors. It's a mystic adventure. Yeah, it's a quest story. for all time. Each card possesses a power of its own. You've uh, got to find them to bring the power. Home. I don't care anymore. I always cared. Um, but <laughs> I used to like that stuff. But then as I got older, I kind of found the pacing and the sort of certain tropes and traits a little off-putting. And you know, you know, me sort of like the express, like the sort of recurring expressive things from characters and things like that. Yeah. I was just sort of like, eh, it's a bit. I don't know if it sits right with me. So I purposely uh, went to read some manga just to see if that would kind of, you know, like ingratiate me a little more and I started with yeah. the Pokemon manga uh, which is cool I enjoyed it this um, one the ongoing Pokemon manga uh, uh, Red and Blue or sure. the Electric Tale of Pikachu or oh uh, Red and, it would have been Red and Blue because it sort of like adapts the early sections of the game yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, um, there's, there's a manga there's a manga for each game okay each it was generation. really cool I enjoyed it but I just never got into it and then I started to spend any pocket money and time and effort on comic booky things so yeah, I kind yeah. of went that way full time so I've never really got into it Although I will admit, like, I've seen bits and bobs of Studio Ghibli stuff, which, is, you know, I suppose is less anime, more cinema. But, you know, there's certain yeah. themes that are in all of them. And I, I really do enjoy that. Um, I've only ever read a few mangas since. I've read uh, the first two volumes of Death Note, which I like. Okay. Uh, Lou's getting... Lou's really into Death Note. Let's get an adaptation soon with Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, a westernized adaptation. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah, we've got the film as well. Oh okay, yeah. and the animated film as well. Right. Um, um, I quite like Death Note. I should I should dive in and read more. Um, I've read the Kingdom Hearts manga, the adaptation of Kingdom Hearts, which is pretty great actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the Nightmare Before Christmas adaptation. Oh, which is pretty good. Um, and bizarrely, because I got it discounted one day in a bookshop it was like two quid and I was like oh go on I picked up a volume of something called Boys B and I was like what's this about it looks like a comedy book yeah it's smart <laughs> it's just smart it's basically just like it. it's a it's disguised as like sort of a quirky like oh teenage lads what are they like sort of book but it's basically an excuse to draw like boobs and oh, yeah, make yeah. sex puns it's, yeah, it's yeah. sort of like it's it's basically what a 12 year old thinks porn is that's basically what it is <laughs> just it's it's that sounds it's, about right. it's yeah it's really gross yeah <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay. not nice okay. but it makes me laugh that that was like the one legitimate manga thing i owned for a while i was just like oh go on then i got home and went oh mm. go on mm. so yeah not huge into it but I'll give it a chance. How about you? What are you a manga anime um, guy? I started watching a bit of when when anime first came over to the UK in a big bad way under the manga banner. Manga so banner. even or the manga, even, even though manga is the manga is drawn when it was first started getting imported to the UK, the production distribution company that marketed it was called Manga. So I everyone this. thought anime was manga. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> So I got into some of that stuff. You Everyone... got that sort of like red little logo on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really dynamic, um, Everyone attack. watched Akira. Now so I've seen Akira. Akira. Yeah, I've seen Akira. Um, yeah. And Akira's great. Uh, the original Ghost in the Shell movie I love. Um, although I've not watched it for a long time, so I have no idea how well it's aged. Uh, I watched little bits of other things. I watched like the original 12-part, the, the Giver series. 
Um, oh my god, that pops up a lot lately. Yeah. A lot of people mention Guyver. Is it getting like an adaptation again? Or uh, it's, it's constantly being. There was a live action show at one point. There was there was a couple of live action movies. One of which one of which has Mark Hamill in. Yeah, that's and all. The I other know one about. of which has um, uh, what's his name? David uh, Caruso. No, the guy who voices Solid Snake. That guy. Yeah, that guy. He plays the guy in one of them. Oh god. Um, What's his name now? I even know his name. But I can't remember his name. He wrote a bunch of X-Men movies. Yeah. He's a screenwriter yeah. as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't know his name. Yeah. I know his name. Yeah. I'll Google it. Oh, I'll Google man. it. I'm going to kick myself because I love that guy. Um, ah, weird, huh? Um, as long as you remember his birthday, I think he'll forgive you. Pretty good. Solid Snake? Yeah. Philip Sacramento? No. Oh. No. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Real name, David. Um, yeah, he's voiced by David Hater. There it is. There we David go. David Hater, the English movie. He's written a bunch of movies as well as a screenwriter. And You're a screenwriter. And occasional, <laughs> an occasional actor. Killer comeback. Voice actor. Voice um, actor. Never say that again. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've watched a bit of anime, but I'm not, I'm not really into manga or anime. I keep meaning to dive into what's on Netflix. I hear some really good things about Knights of Sidonia. I hear uh, good things about stuff like Death Note, um, but I've just it's, pretty it's just finding the time to dive into them. And as for reading them, I just can't get hold of them really. Mm. Um, but I, I've always got an open mind for that kind of stuff. See if Crunchyroll was sponsoring us, we could totally plug them like crazy right I now. I think you can still get a bunch of stuff for free on Crunchyroll. Don't no, don't 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 give them the promotion. All right, okay. Make them beg for it. All right, I will. I will. Yeah, you can get like a month's free trial um, okay. before you think. So yeah. I'll check out what's on it. I I. I have had Knights of Sidonia recommended to me multiple times, so I'm going to give that a watch. Um, at some point. I love a bit of mints. Um, Rowan Saddle. Rowan. 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 name. 47. Rowan. Rowan. That's not the right That's name, anyway. It's not the right name. Rowan. Um, hey, Rowan. Who wants to be referred to as either Cool Gamer 12 or Al or Gov or Rowan. We've already ruined that <laughs> by just saying Rowan. Yeah. But no, no. But Cool Gamer 12 or Al or Gov. Or Rowan. Oh, right, okay. So, Rowan Algamer 12, cool. Yeah. That'll do. Hey, dude. You've got someone to... I'm just going to call you Rowan. We've just amalgamated you together. We're going to I'm just going to call you Rowan. Um, <laughs> he's a very big fan of your content, Chris. I'm a very big fan of your content, Chris. Oh, it's dirty, that. And I'm currently loving the delectable sounds of yours and Matt's voices each Friday after week after week. I had the almighty dank pleasure. Almighty dank pleasure. Dank pleasure. Oh. Of seeing CBBC live way back in the days when I never didn't wear a black Batman shirt. That was really confusing grammar, Rowan. Which I wore the day, actually. <laughs> he doesn't need no, to have clear grammar, he's Batman. When I never didn't wear a black Batman shirt, brackets, which I wore on the day, actually. More brackets, which he pointed out. Closed brackets. Ellipsis. So there's that. Pretty cool, yeah? Where's your other bracket clothes, Rowan? I'm so confused. His, bra- having... his brackets are either side of a bat symbol with a yellow fill in the middle. I'm having a crisis. You sent this him into an a... open bracket and he's not closed. You sent him into a grammar fit. Um, but at the same time, I think I remember you, Rowan. Yeah. I think I recall you because I will always point out a cool t-shirt and I don't, I don't remember seeing many Batman t-shirts in my time doing live events. So I recall your eyes. Sir. Apparently. Oh, I. Apparently, Rowan, Rowan says. Oh, I. I also saw Matt outside of a Tesco's last year. He was wearing a homemade red cardigan with the words Edgar stole my phone on the back. Or at least I think it did. Pretty cool, yeah? No, not cool, not me. I don't know who you saw, but you didn't see me. 
I love how your doppelganger is out there wearing a red cardigan a with Angus cardigan with What are you talking about? I love it. What are you have you been hanging out at Tesco and I'm not Where? looking? Where? You've been hanging out at Tesco and I'm not looking. Where do you think we are? You're hanging out at Tesco, fam. Where was this Tesco? Because it's probably in a place that I don't actually... Are you live. hanging outside of Dank Tesco without me? Dank Tesco? Dank Tesco. Big last Dank Tesco. Year. Big Dank Toke. I don't think I've been to a Tesco in the last year. <laughs> Big Dank Toke. If they're um, monstrous, yeah. <laughs> I have some totally wicked questions and would like to know your guys' opinions. We'll be the judge of that. Don't worry. They're genuine. Well... I should hope so. I never guessed. I should now, hope so. The first big question. Yes. Big damn question. We're gonna we're gonna table for our next segment. Later. Um But <laughs> one last thing. Yes. What do y'all think they should do for the solo Batfleck film? Giving that is if you still care about DCEU WWEFCCU.com. <laughs> well, nice work, Lord. Um <laughs> Apologies for the amounts of brackets and letters. <gasps> Three kisses. You should be sorry! Because I need to know when that bracket closes. I need to know. Never let him I'm know. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Never let him know, Rowan. Just um, keep supplying him with kisses and nothing else. Batfleck. Um, I don't want the Arkham Asylum adaptation. Nope. At the same time, though, if they want to do a sequence set in Arkham Asylum, I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, if it, if it's no set in the current do. timeline, which it will be... It will be set post-Justice League, probably. Yeah. Then, if that's the case, I want... As little Justice League in it as possible. Yep. I want a Batman story. Yeah. I want a Batman story. I want a story about the Batman. Yes. The definite article, the you Batman. might say. We're rewatching a bunch of that this week. My Joker series. It's not. It's not bad actually. More, I, I remember it less fondly than I did when I watched it. You're lying. No, it's good. It's. I sum up in the video. I say it's like the 2003. Is it good though? Yeah. Is like, it good? It's though, like the Chris? 2003 Masters of the Universe cartoon. Oh, it, 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 it's basically it's the action figures and you know it's being made to sell action figures but the people who are writing it want to write Batman stories so they give it their all it's it's really funky um, and it gets better in the later season but uh, I just want a Batman story pure and pure I want, yeah. some, I want someone like Two-Face Batman or, story villain we've not seen Black before Ma- Black Mask could be good for cinema because yeah. then you can do your mafia stuff and if you want to bring in a heavy if you want to bring Croc in like, or something like that then you could do that I'm beautiful <laughs> I won't ask in action, bro. Oh, Christ. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. I, just, I think we're both up for that. We just want a Batman story. Man. Yeah, just a, a good, solid Batman story. Forget the Falcones. Nolan did that. Give us Rupert Thorne. I'd like a new villain. Yeah. I'd like a new villain that we've not seen on, t- on, on TV, on film before. Um, no Justice League stuff. Maybe bring in something supernatural or weird. Mm. And deal with it in his Batman way. Ivy then, like do a good yeah, Ivy, yeah, good Ivy story, like a good Ivy story. God damn. Well, some yeah, one of his like more, one of his less street level villains, one of his more high concept villains that can be a real threat to him. Hmm. Um, Ivy's a good choice. Uh, someone like I don't know, maybe get metaphysical and have someone like Hugo Strange manipulating people. Oh, um, oh Hugo Strange would be great. Well, there's a, there's a plot line in the. Um, don't do it. Don't say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Where is it? The plot line in the new, in the current Batman series. Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, from DC. Woo! From, from, from oh. the DC Rebirth. I thought we were going to Fox there where, for a second. No. Um, <laughs> where uh, Hugo Strange is working for Amanda Waller and he's keeping Psycho Pirate under control. 
for them to manipulate people with again. So it's like a chain of manipulation. Oh, that's int- that's kind of similar to Young Justice. Only um, you know, Hugo Strange loses control of Psycho Pirate. <laughs> it doesn't go well. Um, <laughs> uh, Psycho Pirate's an interesting character. Yeah, someone weird like that. Like, some weird character. Or a, like a bunch of small villains. I don't know. But something... I don't want it to be an adaptation of Arkham Asylum. And even if it is a story, there's not an adaptation of Arkham Asylum that's about Batman being trapped in Arkham. It's the same story. Hmm. You're just not directly adapting it. Give us a sequence where he stops like a sort of mini turf war where like three gang leaders are meeting. And give me, I'm just it. Just have, th- have it be literally the three leaders are meeting. They've all got all their goons with them and stuff. And the idea is it's basically a negotiation, but Batman takes advantage of the situation and tries to take a bunch of them out. Yeah. And have it be the Joker and write him well and give Leto an excuse to want to actually come to set. Still don't like him, but they Still could they could turn like it him. they could turn it if they play, if they ignored Harley and just did this is Joker as gang leader. Here's yeah. why people are frightened of him. Go then. Okay, give me that. Give me black mask, and for God's sake, just do it. <laughs> Swallow your damn pride and give me Wesker and Scarface in a oh, scene in yes. a movie. I would love the yes. crap out of that. I would look because that that's how you could show the Joker being brilliant. You could show the Joker out creeping a ventriloquist doll. Yeah. But at the same time, have them openly be like, D- do you have to have that thing on your hand? Yeah. And it's like, and, 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 and do you have to have that thing with you? And have Scarface reply with like, I can never shake him. He goes with me everywhere. Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, that'd be great. I freaking love that. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. I, I, should we do it? So now it's time for our new segment. Our brand new segment. Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question! Mr. Hoppy! I know you said three earlier, but we've actually got four and that'll clear us out for this week, so we might as well do four. Fair dues, let's do it. You guys... We need to go back and get some questions from earlier emails, but we'll do that in a few podcasts. You guys are fans of Doctor Who. We know this because you ask us about it a lot. Now... I do bits and bobs for Doctor Who magazine. Last year, we both participated in Nine is Ten. We did a big Doctor Who podcast. We both grew up with Doctor Who as a thing, and we love it. We absolutely do. We adore it. I mean, sat not a foot from Matt in our kitchen is a TARDIS money box. He's soaking it right Like, now. oh, it's actually not even a TARDIS. It's just a police box money box, because that's how you get away like with unlicensed merchandise. Yeah, yeah. From the shops in Cornwall. And there's, the no, and stuff. there's no... St. John's Abbey is like, oh, yeah, so it's not John Tardis. But it's there because I like Doctor Who. I However, know. if we talked about Doctor Who every week on this podcast, not only would our listenership shoot up by about 8 million people, apparently, yeah. but... Because <laughs> if it works for Emergency Awesome. Uh, gotta but... Gotta do it. Hi there, today we're going to look at don't, the top don't do elbow patches in Doctor Who. Don't don't shit talk people on our podcast. I'm not shit talking him, I'm just doing what he does, which is apparently amazing and advertiser friendly. Okay. Um, oh God, don't even start but on that. also... It would just get a bit repetitive if we talk about Doctor Who all the time. However, yeah. because you guys ask about it a lot. You love it. You love it, don't and you? And we will do episodes about Doctor Who. It yeah. will happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're just, uh, we're just, you know, we're still working out what, what our content plans are. Yeah. And they're not Doctor Who heavy. Yeah. But we thought we'd give you your due. You guys send Doctor Who questions, and we're going to answer a few of them reluctantly. Now, if, so if joyous there. passion comes out of this, great. But it might not. And the reason why we're reluctant is because, long story short, Last couple of years of the show kind of left us a little bit detached and disillusioned. Yeah. So, let's dive into the questions. Who is first, Matthew? So, we'll go back to Rowan. Hey, Rowan! Or um, Al. Or, or Al. Or cool Beans. Cool Beans. Or Algov. Algov. I like Algov. You're going to be Governor Al-Gov. of California. Al-Algov. 
Four names, Rowan. Really? Four names, Rowan. They call him all four names. All four names. All blinky four uh, names. Thanks, Rowan. Cheers, Rowan. I know we're needling you, but we do like you. We appreciate it. Um, Keep your milling in because we will always needle. Okay. Um, all my ribs. After hearing my fatties on the way out, thank fuck. Actual thing that someone wrote. Very well done. And with the long needed year off for the show, do you think Doctor Who should go after he leaves? Uh, where do you think Doctor Who should go after he leaves? I think Doctor Who should go after he leaves. Um, I know Matt said the show was dead to him. It is dead to me. But what would make him watch again? I personally think it should go darker and have the series shortened so it's like, say, one big eight-part story like a classic serial, but still have a story arc to it. Hoping that Capaldi stays in after Moffat leaves because I love his portrayal of the Doctor and I feel as if he hasn't had the most time to shine yet. Also, it would be a shocking twist if Adric was the Nightmare Child or just had that girl off Stranger Things play the role, but not as Adric, as the Nightmare Child, taking me literally. Problem with the Nightmare Child is uh, things fell into the jaws of it, so unless uh, Matthew Waterhouse has a python's jawline, <laughs> I'm not sure that Davros's ship's going to fly into the jaws of the Nightmare Child. Is the Child. Nightmare Child a thing in the upcoming series? Or is, or is no, that just no the Nightmare thing? Child is one of those beautiful it's things, one of the that things Russell, Russell did, did yeah, where yeah. We, we don't know what it is, and we don't need to, because yeah. the thought is much more mystical. I, I don't want anything to turn out to be the Nightmare Child, because it's better as an off-screen we eventually thing. Saw, we eventually saw... The Medusa Cascade and stuff. Yeah. But, like, it was worked in well. Um, I want the show to become more like Sarah Jane Adventures. I want it to be more accessible. I want it to be more about a joyous 45 minutes every week. If that means going dark, good. Yeah, I if think, that means going light, I think good. it's already gone dark in scare quotes. And that's, what, that's why it's not working. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... too... It's too adult. And by adult, I don't mean it's become complex or anything. I mean, it's just, it thinks it's grown up. It's trying to sit at the Game of Thrones table, but... Literally, by hiring someone from Game of Thrones to be yeah, in a bunch well, of last year's yeah. episodes. Did you not know? She was in it. Did, did, oh, did you not know? Maisie Williams, guys, I don't know if you know this, it's amazing, right. but Maisie Williams was in last year's Game of Thrones. Whoa, oh my god! She's in Game of Thrones. Ah, titty biscuits. I mean, I like Maisie Williams, but... But I don't like a shield. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it needs to lighten up. I think it needs to become. I think it needs to take a very large leaf out of the series two, series three book, and mm. aim for that kind of. This is going to be forty-five minutes. You'll come away from it going either, "Oh, that was brilliant," or "Oh, that was really spooky." Because I want to say I want it to go towards a more, more fun tone, but I don't want that forced zaniness that it seems like they're going for with the bits of build that yeah. we've shown so far. And what I don't want it to be a Moffat Christmas special every week. It's, I don't want it to be forced silliness. Yeah. It should be... Like, the silliness should be organic. The silliness should come from a lovable grandfather character of the companion going like, take those antlers off. No, I shan't. It's Christmas. Like, it should come from things like that where you go, that was cute. Not look That's at, where the silliness is natural and not sweet. look at these Daleks. They're pots, aren't they stupid? Hey, isn't it amazing when we hit Clara they have this newspaper it makes a boink sound effect. That actually happened. Oh, man. No, it's when it's when it's when Vastra knocks the doctor out. She like knocks him out, so it goes like round. Please to get him in our special guest, Michael Winslow. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> we got the peeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. Um, <laughs> and I I would like Capaldi to stay simply just to see him under another writer, I but I think it's too though. late. Yeah. I think it's time for a new doctor. I th- I think I don't think It'd leave a bitter taste in the mouth if he stayed. Because uh, yeah. on the surface, it wouldn't have changed. Because it's uh, also the showrunners have always changed the Doctor. We've, we've, we've only changed them once before, but that's a precedent enough, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Just yeah. lighten the crack up. 
Stop trying to stop trying to be Game of Thrones. Be Doctor Who. And it's really sad because I do want more Capaldi. Yeah. I but really like Pete. I really like Pete right. Capaldi as an actor. Right. But I don't think he's get... done anything good with his Doctor Who. I had right. a chance to do it. I'll sweeten the pot. He has to leave, but they automatically commission a new series of the thick of it. And we get Malcolm Tucker back. That would make it worth it for me. Deal. Yeah. Deal. There we go. Boom. First question. Second question. Ne- oh, Sock it to okay. me, baby. Back to Ryan. Back to Ryan. Are Mr. you just James? Mr. James? Are you guys excited for Class, the Doctor Who spin-off? No. No. I know nothing Next about question. it other than they keep calling it the British Buffy. I... I'm currently wearing a Buffy t-shirt. Because Buffy is Buffy. I don't want more Buffy at this point. No. Let alone if I want British more Buffy, food. I'll pick yeah. up the Dark Horse comic book, Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. Buffy is Buffy. Stop trying to be Buffy. It's going to be like some kind of weird bastard child of Torchwood and Sarah Jane. And the thing about that is, they work separately as their own thing. It's going to have sexy school kids in it. Well, six formers. So it's those kids. So oh, so they're legal. Yeah. That, so yeah. we can we can have story, we can make stories about them having sex. Yeah. And they're going to... But also the but six formers. Really the six formers, technically, they can only be there for two years. So, hey, yes, get out the door. Um, I, I'm um, not excited. If you show me a trailer and it looks good, maybe I'll be excited. I can't be excited about it because I know literally nothing about yeah. it. I know nothing about it. And it's out in like a month. So yeah. that shows you how well they're handling that. So they're really getting behind it. So they're yeah. obviously Plus, I'm not a young adult novel reader. So Patrick Ness's involvement doesn't excite me. It makes me a bit curious that they've given a show and a position to um, an author. Mm. That's interesting. But. Uh, not enough to make me go, I'm, oh god, I can't wait. So, And just a little message, I hate to sound bitter and horrible, but anybody who's currently got in their bio on Twitter, I'm a classmate, which is what people already start to call the fans of class. It's not out yet! It's not oh, out god! Grow up! It's not even been on! It's not... If you, you want to call... seen it! If you want to call yourself a classmate, wait till you've watched an episode, and if you like it, call yourself a classmate. No come one knows anything about it yet. Come up with a fandom name, whatever. But you are not a classmate. No You've one not knows seen anything it. about it. Oh my god, that'd be like that's like when people. That's it's it's become like the current day equivalent of the ACDC T-shirt thing, the Guns yeah. N' Roses T-shirt yeah, thing yeah. from the two thousands, where people would be wearing like you know the Appetite for Destruction album cover. I've never stuff. heard this album. I don't know Guns N' Roses. And they're just like, oh, like, oh, you like Guns N' Roses? They're like, who? It's like, oh, for God's sake, for God's sake. I mean, I understand you like the cool design of the T-shirt. But like, you must know it's an album, right? Yeah, you you know lot... nothing, but you're a fan of that design. Okay, you see a lot of people wearing Misfits t-shirts. You know, the skull design with the eyes. Yeah, all the, 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 the all the all the hands the on the chest logo. thing and everything. Yeah, that's, that's the Misfits logo, and no, but these people who are wearing the t-shirt who've never listened to a hardcore punk band in their life. Which is, I mean, so. fine if you like the design, fair enough. But it's co-opting a bit. Maybe, of maybe learn yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> about what it is. But it's not quite the same thing as that. But I see what you mean. It's almost like. You're claiming no, it'd be like somebody, it'd be like somebody wearing a t-shirt. With the conf- it is. Yeah. It'd be like somebody wearing a t-shirt in America with the Confederate flag on it because they like the design. It's yeah, like it's a- maybe learn what that is yeah. before you put maybe it on. Maybe not the Confederate flag, unless you're a racist. In which case, now we know. And oh, half the so maybe wait till you've seen something of class before you declare yourself a classmate. Yeah. Unquote. Next question. Before um, I get angry. You can see why we don't answer Doctor Who questions okay. often, but occasionally we will answer them for you for amusement. This is an easy one. What's your favorite episode of Peter Capaldi's run on Doctor Who so far? Um, we'll be on the Orient Express. Yeah, same, same, uh, same. I just, I, yeah. And even then, it's still, it's part two of the Kill the Moon storyline. So it doesn't, like, win me over wholeheartedly because mm. I still have to remember that Clara and him are having a, t- a hissy fit. Um, but I really like Mommy on the Orange Express. Uh, I kind of like the fact we've not found out more about Gus, but you could totally do something with him again. Yeah. Like this voice over the thing. That, that it's like, what is this? You yeah. could do something with that. They'll never do it. Um, 
No, because Moffat loves setting stuff up and never paying it off. I like because the... he's smart. Yeah. He's really clever. Well, it's a Matheson he's thing. Really clever. But Moffat could decide to bring that back if he wanted, and he probably won't. He's um, really clever though. But he's clever. He's really um, clever. And I do have a soft spot. He's really clever. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a soft spot for deep breath, but just the visuals more than anything. Uh, yeah, it's a good looking episode. The sight of a T-Rex walking down the Thames in Victorian London, spitting out the TARDIS, is a fantastic and visual. And the, uh, the sequence of, of Clara holding her breath. And, uh, is really cool. Yeah, and has inspired really a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> so, there is that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that looks pretty good. It does look pretty cool, and I want to see that because the main lad in it, the one who's sort of like reluctant to do it, is oh, yes, Dylan Minnette, who's yes, from Goosebumps, yes. who really won me over in Goosebumps, so yes. I want to see it for him. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Mummy on the Orange Express. Next question. Uh, <laughs> final question. Uh, final reluctantly answered Doctor Who question of this week. <laughs> in Matt and Chris, two uh, lifetime Doctor Who fans reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question. <laughs> is got to work out a sappy title. From, or a jingle. From, from good old Billy. Billy Hum Who? Billy Hum Who! Billy Hum Hwe? Yeah! He's Billy Tracy, Billy of, Tracy. Of, 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 of internet fame. Uh, uh, he's, he's one of a number of Who fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nadal. Discuss. That's his question. That's the question. Alright, I'll say this. I like Rock Profile. I think Rock Profile was a very funny show. It was a really fun thing for BBC Choice to do, and, and it was hilarious to watch. Matt Lucas and David Williams play sort of impressions of musicians while Jamie Theakston fake interviewed them. Yeah. Fun show. Yeah. Uh, I really like the first series of Little Britain. I think it did a lot for comedy in the UK at the time and uh, also put BBC Three on the map. Uh, a rewatch of series one of Little Britain will show you that it is a very funny, well-written bit of character sketch comedy. Um, and I'm a fan of Matt Lucas's work as Georgie Dawes on Shooting Stars, the original run. Because why not? It's just fun to see a fully grown man in a baby onesie playing the drums and, and saying what the scores are. Um, I think Matt Lucas is a very talented man. That's all I'm saying. Because if I say anything else about Nardol, a character who I very recently became acquainted with, when I finally, out of morbid curiosity, decided to finally watch The Husbands of River Song eight months after its broadcast day, I... If I have to discuss this character and the fact that he's not only going to be in a Christmas special of the show, an upcoming episode of a show that we want to love desperately, so desperately, but at this point just treating us like a battered housewife or battered househusband. That's the 21st century, let's not be sexist. And the fact that he's going to be a recurring character in the 10th season as well. I mean, let's just let's just start with the fact that he's wearing a wintry hat and a big duffel coat all the time. That's, that's a really silly nitpick, I know, but why? Why? Let's not go on to the fact that it's a talented man being asked to play a very stupid part that is really basic on one note. Let's not go into the fact that he was killed off in the story he was in. Let's not go into any of this. That's the end of my discussion. I have a counter to your point. Oh, God. You know what the counter is? I have two counters, actually. Oh, God. One is that time travel. Timey wimey. Maybe nobody timey wimey. <laughs> But then a t-shirt somewhere. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And two, it's Stephen Moffat's really clever. So, so clever. He's going to make it work. So very clever. Um, I know nothing about the character, having not seen The Husbands of River Song. I've seen a couple of clips of Matt Lucas doing a funny voice in a, in a silly hat. That's why I don't watch the show anymore. That's... You've gone from having a companion like Rose... 
It was so well fleshed out, and it was what you were. It was also you know kind of kickstarted Billy Piper's acting career mm. because people she'd done a bit bits and pieces of stuff here and there, but she was still thought of as a pop star from the nineties, teenage pop star. Why you gotta play that stuff? So and you get because could you want to? Because funny to the day that's you for me. Um, so undulating flowers in the video is very strange. Um, <laughs> so. It's slightly erotic. Um, so, <laughs> you've gone from having a character with real depth and you, you were allowed to grow over the course of a couple of seasons before she leaves the Doctor behind. Unwillingly, admittedly. But... And a scene that, as a moment of television that year... Oh, it's great. It's so great. great and incredibly so great. Um, and getting a great actress to do it. And then you do the, with Martha. I'm not a huge fan of Martha as a character, but you get Freeman Adamant to do and then I'm the reverse. I'm a huge fan of Free of uh, Martha as a character, but yeah. I'm a huge fan of Freeman. Well, maybe, but, maybe I'm maybe I'm just reading the wrong things. Then. Maybe 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 she's terrible, and I just think it's the character. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I but but, but, but either way, else. but either way, character with an arc. Who, yeah, when she leaves again. at the end, you, yeah. you 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 sort of like you go go. And she's a person. She's yeah. a character. And then when they introduced Donna. I was like, oh god, no, Catherine Tate doing a thing. And then you put her as a regular and you let her develop and grow. And you take a joke character and turn it into something really great. Mm. Uh, quite possibly, sort of, yeah. for the most part, the favourite companion yeah. of, of, the, of the modern world. She's of the show. fab. Uh, Amy and Followed Rory. very closely by Bernard Cribbins as well. Amy, oh, Bernard Cribbins is so good. Amy and Rory were, lovely, were a lovely couple and they got Start a out interesting. And then after that, we've not really had a companion that's a character. Like they couldn't work out what to do with Clara to the point where she seemingly changes occupation and interests and abilities from story to story depending on what the writer needs. After they she's told not the initial, a character. After they told the initial Amy Rory story, they had nowhere to take them. Yeah. So they just put them through the ringer for the amusement of, oh, well, this is drama. Yeah. Instead of, oh, well, this would be an interesting story for these characters to go through. They kept them around a little too long and I, I never quite, quite bought them already upon review. But whatever. Yeah. Um, All the divorce. Yeah, and but that's what this show is now. This show is gimmick characters. This character has a gimmick. (laughs) This is Matt Lucas in a duffel coat wearing a silly hat and doing a silly voice. Enjoy. We can sell this in America for millions. Here's an unknown actress that you're not familiar with. Who could be brilliant, but you know, on the surface level, is an unknown actress. But I didn't. I didn't. Here's the grumpy old man that you're all getting a, a bit sick of, and for the most part, are tuning out because of his era. And here is Paddington Bear. Like, there they go. In fact, to be fair, if Paddington Bear was a companion, I'd probably. I would it. actually watch the show if Paddington Bear. That would was be really companion. sweet. And in every episode, they try. They do a. They do a tea game. They try to go back to Peru to visit his his, his grandmother or whatever. And they can never. A quite season make it. of Doctor Who where they're trying to get Paddington back to Peru. That, that's good television. And 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 Tom Baker's the Doctor, and he and Paddington Paddington are joined by a talking cabbage. And it's a magical season for all. You spoiled it. Nah, you it, spoiled I made it. it better. Tom Baker had hindsight, we'll never understand. And speaking of not understanding... Not at all. Yeah. I've got a bit of spam to finish. Oh, my tits! Yeah. Go for it. Go a bit for of spam. It. Right, this is exciting. Trevor P. Hi, Trevor P. P. Was just listening to your tunes on SC. Oh. Checked out your tunes on SoundCloud. Liked what we found. We can get your songs, thousands of plays, slash hits, from real listeners within a few days. We've worked with artists such as Koa, Tyler the Creator, Cascade, Flume, and other major acts. 
Oh, and we usually <laughs> do this for two fifty, but jokes. for you, we'd be doing it for only ten. Our way of giving back to the music scene. Sleep on it, think on it. If you're down, your code is Melody Twenty Nine, and it will drop the tag. Trevor P, the Dreamers team. Thedreamers.com. Wow, I mean, I'm honoured, Trevor P, to be in the same league as Tyler, the creator. I've always wanted to be a fucking mediocre viral sensation. Um, okay. Promote it to millions for only yeah. 250 slash $10. SoundCloud is our host site. A few of you do listen to us on SoundCloud. Um, thank you for that. That's very cool. Oh, we love it. Thanks. Um, yeah. A lot of you listen to us through iTunes now. And so I don't really mind how, how you listen to us. I'm yeah. just grateful that you do. But we do get an average of about five new followers on my SoundCloud page a day. Yeah. And all of them are spam. It's really odd. They're all fake accounts. Uh, the listens aren't fake. The, maybe, listen, the listens are real. Maybe we're not real. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Hold in a landslide. Freddie Mercury would have been 17. Happy birthday to him this week. Yes, queen. He got an emoji on his hashtag. He as got well a little emoji of a little, 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 little man in a yellow jacket punching the air. As well he should. Happy birthday, Star Trek. Happy birthday, Freddie. Happy birthday, Trevor P. Don't we'll try be in and touch. sell me any more promotion. If you need to get in touch with us at any time, guys, or if it's something you want to promote, then Big Damn Cast on Twitter. Hashtag Big Damn Cast to find us wherever you want. And, of course, BigDamnContact at gmail.com. And remember, we will only reluctantly answer Dr. Who questions. Reluctantly. <sighs> so, uh, we'll be doing later.